Hey guys, my name is Blaine Hoshing and you are listening to Too Much Talk. I want to show you that we're not all that different. Think of this podcast as my misplaced diary where my innermost thoughts, questions and stories are being read out loud. Confused? Well stay tuned and let me show you. Episode 2. Was this puppy love or was I just in love with a dog? Okay, so how many of you remember your so-called first love? You know, not your parents or, you know, family members. I'm talking about that one. That one person you thought you were madly in love with. Of course, a lot of us look back at those days fondly and can't help but smile. But there are a few people, myself included, who look back in shame and shake their head in embarrassment because... Who really makes those dumb mistakes? (laughs) Okay, let me tell you about my first puppy love. Okay, so Grindr may or may not have been a thing back then. I can't even remember. But what I do remember is that I used to use a site called Black Gay Chat. And it was for people who, I guess, you had things in common with. So yeah, I was on that site, most likely being the dirty freak that God made me to be. And I came across this guy and his picture. And I was like, whoa, this guy is fine. He kind of looks like a mixture between Chris Brown and Angelina Jolie. Now, I know that sounds like a weird comparison, but picture it. Chris Brown's cute boyish caramel skin and Angelina Jolie's sexy, exotic lips. I'm talking about Angelina Jolie when she was young, like Tomb Raider, not Angelina Jolie when she was in Maleficent. Um, Cause yeah. So there's a special point in our lives. I'm gonna say between the ages of about 18 and 21, where we just feel like a rush of confidence. We feel grown. And I I say we feel grown as opposed to we are grown because, you know, we think we know it all. With that confidence that I thought, you know what? I'm going to mess with this guy. Looking back, I hadn't fully flourished into the fine specimen of a man I am today. So I can admit that I was kind of punching above my weight back then. But if you want something, you got to go for it, right? So I messaged him and it was something like this. Hey, you cool? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Cool. ASL? Now, for those of you who don't know, ASL was the quick way to get information from someone. It was simple. Age, sex and location. 20. I'm originally from Manchester, but I'm visiting my friend in London for a week. What about you? Oh, cool, cool. I'm 20 from London. Yes, I know I just told you guys I was 19, but he just said he was 20, so (laughs) I'm not about to tell him the truth. Come on, a little white lie wouldn't hurt anyone. Oh, nice. What part of London are you from? I'm from South, still. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did just say still at the end of my sentence. You know, you got to London it up a bit. Oh, nice. I'm staying in East London. So 
what you're here looking for. I'm just trying to have some fun and, you know, meet some sexy people like yourself. <laughs> Don't play with young Blaine, you know. He had game. Watch me close the deal. So you think I'm sexy? From what I can tell in your profile picture. But who's to tell? I guess I have to see in person. LOL. You're a quick-witted one, ain't ya? Well, what are you doing tonight? Well, I was gonna chill with some friends, but... Who wants to chill with friends when the hottest boy in Manchester is only in town for a week? LOL. <laughs> LOL. Look at you, Mr. Smooth. You look here like one-liners. Well, here's my number. Give me a call. That's how it's done, folks. Take note. <laughs> no, but seriously, I was gassed. I thought, look at me, getting a hot ting. Bearing in mind, I was about 95 pounds soaking wet. My dress sense was abysmal. And let's just say my glow up hadn't occurred yet. But what I lacked in swag, I definitely made up for in confidence. So I was trying to think, when was the best time to text him? I know he said call, but it's text for me. I'm 19 years old and the best way to flirt when you're 19 is mind games. So calling sounds a bit needy to me. So text. But what do I say? I decide to wait about three hours before I send the first text. That seems cool, right? I don't want to come across desperate. But wait, oh gosh. I didn't get the boy's name and I didn't send him mine either. How am I going to finesse this? How can I text somebody and not even know their name? Right, let me think. Hey sexy, I'm guessing you were too love-struck to ask me my name, but it's Blaine by the way. What's yours? <laughs> that sounds good, right? Well, I thought it was. But it's been about 45 minutes and he hasn't replied. Ugh. Hey babe, sorry for the delay. I was doing my friend's hair. Oh my God, I totally forgot. My name's Stephen. Nice to meet you, Mr. Blaine. So, do you want to come round tonight or question mark? Okay, so I've got a reply. But then the doubt kicks in. Will he like me when he sees me in real life? I mean, confidence can only take you so far. And also, why is he so eager to meet up? If he's as good looking as his pictures show, he should be playing hard to get at least. Come on. Maybe this is a catfish. Maybe I'm gonna show up and it's gonna be some middle-aged, balding, fat white man in his boxers talking about some, I'm generous. For those of you who don't know, generous is a term usually used by older men. Mostly older white men who like younger guys and don't mind paying for their services, if you know what I mean. <clears throat> See, that was me all over. I was fine doing the smooth one-liners, but when it came down to it, my brain went into overdrive, thinking about the what-ifs and all the possible outcomes of this situation, instead of just taking it for what it was. Sex. Blaine, get the hell out of your head and reply to this boy. Tonight? Well, from what I remember, you were saying something about wanting me in your bed. 
and showing you how the London boys get down. Haha, <laughs> cheeky. I don't remember saying that, but it does sound a bit interesting. Maybe I should let you show me. Here's my address. Come link me around 7 o'clock. So I'm really about to do this. Yes, I was still overthinking a little bit. After all, if his profile pictures was anything to go by, he was about to be the best looking guy I had done anything with thus far. So it's about 5.45 and I'm walking to the bus stop. Yep, the bus stop. I was planning to get a bus from South London all the way to East London. I can't even remember how I would have done that route. I think it had something to do with going to Liverpool Street and getting another bus from there. The chronicles of a broke teen, I guess. <laughs> I text him to let him know I'm on my way and he replies, see you soon, with a kiss. I'd finally got off that bus and that journey seemed like a plane ride to Japan. It was long. I'm looking at the directions and the door number that he gave me and it seemed to be on a main high street. It was almost impossible to find where this door was. It said something like, door 1B. 1B, 1B. The only 1B I could see was this Asian corner shop that seemed to sell fruit and veg. I walked up a little bit and peered inside and realized there was nobody who looked remotely close to that profile pic. Oh my God, please don't tell me I'm being catfished. Right, let me just text him. Hey, I'm by 1B, but all I can see is a corner shop, question mark. Oh, right, okay, wait there, I'm coming down. Coming down? Does this mean he's staying above this corner shop? Okay, Blaine, I'm gonna need you not to be judgmental because you've taken three buses and almost an hour and a half journey for somewhere that would have taken you 25 minutes had you have just taken the train. I waited for what seemed like a good five minutes, but was probably more like a minute and a half. But there he was, standing in the doorway of that broken down shop. And he was everything his profile said he was. Mm. Tonight's gonna be a good, good night. He tells me to follow him through the shop and up the stairs. So I follow behind him. This gives me a good chance to check him out from all angles, if you know what I mean. We finally get up to the flat that he was staying in. It looked something like a third world hut. Like the walls were peeling off, the floorboards were chipped. It looked an absolute mess and it stunk. But he did say he was just staying with a friend, so I couldn't be too judgy. He ushered me up into the living room and to my surprise, there was a girl standing there. A beautiful, slim, caramel skinned, with long wavy hair. She said, Hiya babe, you alright? Don't mind me, I'm gonna be out soon, so I'll leave you twos to it. It became obvious to me that this was the friend he was staying with and it was likely that he knew her from back home in Manchester. After she left, we sat down and had a rum and coke. We spoke about so many different subjects, like the differences between London and Manchester and all the other crap that you talk about when you're young. But then it happened, you know, like one of those cheesy rom-coms. 
We looked into each other's eyes and the world seemed to slow down. I don't know who initiated the kiss, but it happened. And of course, one thing led to another. It was a long, steamy night. I'll spare you the details, but let's just say we went from the sofa to the bed. And we actually broke that bed. I mean, I guess it was that young boy's stamina. <laughs> Listen, it didn't help that the bed was one of them cheap little beds anyway. The next morning, I wake up and I'm smiling from ear to ear. I mean, it was a good night. I turn and look at him and there's a look of guilt or sadness on his face. I couldn't quite read it, so I said, Is something wrong? Shit, he's probably annoyed that I stayed. It wasn't planned. I mean, we both just fell asleep. Yeah, I'm alright. I just, I just don't really do this type of stuff normally. And I don't want you to think I'm a whore. Phew, so it's not me, it is him. Okay, I could deal with this. I didn't think you were a hoe. I just thought we were two people having a good time. Yeah, we are. I just, I just don't normally do this with black guys. Motherfucker, what? Wait, did he just say what I thought he just said? Okay, keep your composure. What the fuck does he mean by that, though? I'm really sorry. That came out really rude. I didn't mean it like that. I just kind of meant you're not my usual type. But for some reason, I find you really, really sexy. Now, grown-ass Blaine would know that that was nothing but a backhanded compliment. But me being that young, insecure, and also thinking that I was punching above my weight, I took that as just a compliment. Well, I'm glad I could be the one to open your eyes. We eventually moved on from that awkward moment and curled up in bed and spent the rest of the day talking about our dreams and aspirations. I kind of wondered why his friend hadn't come back yet, but I just let it go and basked in the moment. Shit. This wasn't just a usual link. I think I might like him. I ended up staying around again that night. I wanted to go home to at least get a change of clothes, but he insisted that I just stay. The following afternoon, assuming I wouldn't still be there, his friend arrived back home. Only, she wasn't alone. She had come back with this handsome, clearly gay guy. A gay guy that looked extremely familiar to me. Shit! Shit! No way has one of my regular links just walked into the room while I am shirtless with a whole new guy. I had intended to play this off as best I could. I was just going to pretend he was a friend. But before I even got the chance to say anything, here he goes with that high-pitched voice of his. Well, well, well. Look at who we have here. Hi, Blaine. You look... Uh, hi Anton, long time no see. That was all Stephen needed. He jumped out of the bed, 
flung on his dressing gown and stormed straight to the kitchen without saying anything to anyone. I tried to keep my composure. I mean, I couldn't run after him straight away because that would make it so obvious that there was an issue. I later found out that they had some sort of weird rivalry. So me being in this situation was literally the shittest place I could be. After a minute or two of small talk about how small this world was, I made my excuses, told them I needed to go to the toilet and ran straight to the kitchen. What's wrong? Why did you just storm out like that? Oh, nothing. I just thought I'd do the dishes. What do you mean, nothing? It's clearly something. Talk to me. I'm not stupid, you know. I saw the look in both of you two's eyes. Ugh, something's going on with you two, innit? Oh, God. Do I lie? Or do I tell the truth? What do I do? What do I do? I'm going to have to tell him the truth. Yeah, I do know him. London's smaller than you think. I mean, it has been a while since we met up, though. I'd hate for this to ruin the vibe that we're creating, though. But, if it's too awkward for you, I get it. I mean, I didn't expect to hit it off with you so well. I kind of like you. I kind of like you, too. Later on down the line, he told me it was actually that moment that he realised I could be the one for him. I mean, who runs into a kitchen after somebody just because they've had a strop? Especially when you barely know them. Later on that evening, I went home. Only to get a change of clothes, mind you, and then I was back. I ended up staying there for the whole entire week. I remember the day before he was about to leave, we ended up having a silly argument about something really stupid and trivial. We were both yelling at each other. He tried to outshout me and ended up farting. <laughs> it made us burst out in laughter and completely deaded the argument. I had followed him to the coat station on the day he was due to leave. It was devastating. We had had the most magical week and neither of us wanted it to end. You say we're going to see each other, but I know you won't think of me when I leave. What are you talking about? I definitely want to see you again. Well, prove it. How do I do that? Let's swap something that both means something to each other, and when we see each other again, we can give it back. I tell you what, why don't you take my favourite cut? And I'll take your iPod shuffle. He wanted to swap his frowsy little coat for my good, good iPod shuffle. Listen, music ran through my veins. I needed that music. I needed my iPod shuffle. But I also wanted to prove that I wanted to see him again. But no, I couldn't do it. Not my iPod shuffle. So I ended up saying, hell yes. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I was well and truly sprung. <sighs> Let's just hope I see this boy again. A month went past and we spoke to each other every day. I'm talking about day and night. It was a lot of what you up to and how you doing and morning gorgeous. <laughs> you know, all that puppy love stuff.
After a while, we became more and more keen to see each other. So, Stephen suggested that I come up to Manchester for the weekend so we can see each other again. So the following weekend, I booked that mega bus and took myself straight up to Manchester. Now, I've always had a problem with packing stuff. I just never know what to bring, so I bring everything. I just always think, what if I have to do this? Or what if we go there? And I need something for every occasion. So when I went, I packed about a month's worth of clothes. Of course, it being the mega bus, it took about six hours for me to arrive to Manchester. I arrived about 1am in the morning and then got a taxi to his house. He lived with his mum and his little brother, but had an extremely close relationship with all of his family. When I arrived, we went straight up to his room because, of course, everybody was sleeping. I opened the room door and his room was just as flamboyant and extravagant as he was. Although, there was someone there. For some strange reason, his cousin Danielle was lying on his bed. I couldn't help but think, why is she here? I mean, this is the first time we're seeing each other in a month. Nevertheless, I kept it polite and said, Hi. She looked at me and nodded her head. I couldn't help but think, bitch, if you don't... <sighs> Calm down, Blaine. But I couldn't help but be a little bit annoyed that he dragged me all the way to Manchester to have this underwhelming greeting. I felt like he was acting different. Almost like he was showing off in front of her. He was giving me that I'm too nice for you vibe. Kind of like Tace from UK Drag Race. I mean, this wasn't unusual. He did have that air of I'm Tyra Banks, now move out of my way type vibe. But a lot of the times, he didn't show that towards me. Eventually, his standoff cousin left. And as if by magic, he turned back into that Stephen I knew. I really missed ya. I'm sorry that I was acting like a bitch. I just thought you weren't coming. Cause your coach took forever. Oh, so that's why you were acting different. There's me thinking you brought me all the way to Manchester just to tell me you weren't that interested anymore. Are you joking? I'm crazy about ya. Wait, what did he say? <laughs> Seriously, my mind went. It was official. We both felt the same way. The next day he took me to a massive family party at this big hall. See, this is why I have to pack everything in my wardrobe, because you just never know. It was actually quite good. I got a little bit pissed, of course, for a bit of Dutch courage, but nothing too weird. As a Londoner, all I could hear was stuff like, Ooh, you're cute, ain't ya? Oh, he's lovely, isn't he? So what's your name, love? Oh, I bet he's shy, isn't he? In which I slowly nodded and smiled because what the hell were they saying? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I did reply and I was friendly and it kind of felt good because it seemed like he was telling his family about me, which is always a good thing. Once again, we had the best weekend and we were just dreading it coming to an end. So it should come as no surprise to you to know that 
it didn't come to an end. What was meant to be a cute, romantic weekend turned out to be two years. Yeah, that's right, two years. I never went back. I mean, I meant to, I always intended to, but we were just so wrapped up in each other, I didn't want to leave and he didn't want me to leave. So I started a whole new life in Manchester. I mean, it wasn't like I had much going for me in London anyway. I was estranged from my family, and when I wanted to, I could go back and visit my friends. Stephen was super popular in Manchester, so it wasn't too long before we became the it couple. I went from an underweight, underwhelming, average Joe to a fashion god. Stephen had transformed me into the masculine version to his feminine flamboyance. Almost like Kanye West transformed Kim Kardashian's swag. I was Manchester's Kanye West, and he was Manchester's Amber Rose. Well, at least that's what we thought. Inevitably, after two years, the honeymoon period starts to wear off. Specifically for us, because our honeymoon period started two days after we met. Trying to live up to his perfection and his reputation started to take a toll on me. I started to feel like a puppet, almost like I didn't have an identity of my own. As I started to glow up, he became a little bit more controlling. I mean, I guess sometimes it's okay when you're the less attractive one in the relationship. But as soon as you start to get a bit of the shine, things sometimes hit the fan. I would often go for walks in town just to get a bit of me time. You know, clear my head, away from him. But the moment I arrived back home, I would always be met with... Where have you been? Oh, I just went to town to pick up a few bits. Don't lie to me. You were with Anthony, weren't ya? Now, Anthony was a good friend that I met in London way before I met Stephen. We met at some random house party and he used to come down to London all the time and we'd see each other. And just chill. Nothing romantic, nothing sexual, strictly friends. Obviously, when I moved to Manchester, I didn't know a lot of people apart from his friends and his family. So, of course, my bond with Anthony got a lot stronger. What the hell are you on about? I told you where I was. I even texted you. I don't believe you. I know you're with that broke bitch, Anthony. And when I see him, I'm going to fuck him up. Why would you fight the one friend I have in Manchester? Friend? Friend? Okay, we'll see. It had become seemingly obvious that we had rushed way too quickly into things. But what was I going to do? I'd built a whole new life here. I was trapped. It had gotten to the point where we'd rarely be in the same room at the same time. He'd be in one room and I'd be in the other. On one of these days in particular, I noticed that he'd taken the laptop into the other room. Obviously, that seems like a normal thing to do. But not for him. He never used the laptop. So I, I couldn't help but wonder why. So I waited a few minutes and burst into the other room. He quickly slung the laptop underneath the duvet and claimed he wasn't doing anything. But I could see the laptop green light blinking through the duvet covers. So I flung open the duvet covers and lo and behold, there it was. A Facebook chat with some guy. But not just any guy. A guy that I recognised. A guy that he knew I knew from London. 
Apparently, he was only talking about tattoos and the best place to get them. After reading the chat, I soon realised it was a little bit more than that. Of course, by a little, I mean a lot. Is this guy out of his motherfucking mind? You're telling me that he brought me all the way to Manchester, made me give up my entire life for him to do all this shit? <laughs> I'm about to go ape motherfucking shit. What the fuck is this? Oh, so now you want to go silent? No, I'm asking you, talk up. What is this? Here comes the waterworks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it to go this far. It's just that we've been so distant lately. I'm sorry, I thought you didn't love me anymore. Please, don't leave me. I looked at him in disgust and walked out the room. Eventually we sat down and spoke. We spoke about all the stuff that we were thinking that we didn't want to say to each other. We spoke about the fact that we rushed into things and we spoke about the reality of our relationship. We both agreed that we wanted to make it work. The next few months were great. You know, it was one of those things where a bad situation brings you closer together. But of course that didn't last. You know those ones where someone changes for the better for a few months, but then changes right back after a while? Yep, it was one of those situations. His jealousy and paranoia over me and Anthony became increasingly worse. Now he was worried that I would get my own back and perhaps do something with Anthony, which was never going to happen. New Year's Eve soon came around and while everybody was screaming at the top of their lungs, Happy New Year, we were arguing. Yep. It seemed Stephen wanted to start afresh, a brand new slate for a brand new year. But his start afresh meant that he wanted me to break my SIM card. He wanted me to have a completely different number and to start again. Apparently, this would have soothed his insecurities. Look, if you love me like you say you do, it shouldn't be an issue. Just break the SIM card. Just get rid of your old life. And let's start a new one. But what about my friends back in London? How would they communicate with me? Forget London. They're all fake over there anyway. I'm not breaking my sim. You're asking way too much of me now, and I'm not doing it. See, this is what I fucking mean. You say you want to start afresh, but when it comes to prove it, you never want to do it. Go on, Blaine, just prove it to me. Prove it. I don't want to do this. I don't want to break my sim card. This is the only thing I had for me. This is the only connection I had to my friends in London. But I wanted this relationship to work. I'd given up everything for it. A part of me felt like I should be lucky for this hot guy to want to be in a relationship with me. You know when he said he didn't like black boys usually? Yeah, well, that was a recurring theme in our relationship. He definitely let me know that I wasn't his usual type. There. Happy now? It's done. Thank you, babe. I promise you won't regret it. Trust me. We're going to start a brand new fresh start now. But it was definitely a case of new year, new problems. By February of that year, 
he'd seen Anthony out in town and decided this was the chance for him to give him the good beatdown that he desperately wanted to give him. Needless to say, that ruined my friendship with Anthony and we haven't spoken since. Things were now getting to boiling point. It was his mum's birthday and I decided to go to town by myself to try and find her a gift. I searched up and down all day trying to find something that I thought she might like. I came back and I was met with the usual Where were ya? I told you I was going to town to get your mum a gift. You're lying? Where have you really been? I'm lying. So what's this then? I threw down the bag on the bed to reveal the dress I bought for his mum. Even though I was used to this bullshit, something this time really irked me. It was almost like I felt you have the audacity to question me about what I've been doing. As if to say I've been doing some secret mission. When I've been out all day trying to find something nice for your mum. My blood was boiling and I knew I'd reached my limits. All I could hear was him firing question after question at me. It doesn't take three hours to get one simple dress from Monsoon. Where else did you go? Because if you've gone and apologised to that Anthony, I swear I'm gonna... Gonna what? No, come on. Gonna what? In that moment, he picked up the dress that I had just purchased for his mum and he... <laughs> ripped it. He just ripped the dress that I'd just spent all day looking for. He walked over to me, daring me to react. Taking his two fingers and prodding them into my forehead. What are you going to do, eh? Nothing, because you're a little bitch and you can't do nothing to me. Bitch. He thinks I'm a bitch. I didn't argue or get aggressive with him because I loved him. But that no way makes me a bitch. <laughs> I got your bitch. Oh my God. What have I done? I hit him. I just saw red. I hit him. So I ran. I left the house and I ran. I ran up the street. I stopped for breath and I realised this is it. We're over. Even if he wants to make a go of this, we've gone too far. We're putting our hands on each other. We can't continue this. I've got to go back home. I've got to go back to London. I couldn't bring myself to go back to the house. I was ashamed. What had I done? I didn't even want to see his mum's face. What does she think of me now? So I texted him. I'm so sorry. I can't believe it's gotten to this. Me either. It's just getting too much now. I've got to leave. I can't stay. I've got to go back to London. No, I'm sorry. 
the irony, eh? The relationship ended exactly the way it started, via text. I was back at home, only my heart was broken into a million pieces. I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't think. All I could think about was missing Stephen. All I could think about was that night. He had sent me a text message telling me that he thought it would be best that we gave each other the space that we needed. That meant no communication whatsoever. I was distraught. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't talk to anybody. I got up every single day, walked to the park and sat for hours just looking at the ducks. I just wanted to be by myself. I didn't want to be around anybody. I didn't want anyone to speak to me. I just wanted to be alone. It had been two months since we last spoke and things still hadn't gotten any easier. I desperately missed him. But one day, as I was making my daily walk to the park, I got a text message from him. Blaine, I miss you so much. I really need you right now. Oh my God. I never thought I'd hear from him again. My heart skipped a million beats. I miss you so much. How have you been? I've had the worst few months ever. I don't know how to tell you this, but... Blaine... I've got cancer. My heart stopped and my phone went blurry. All of a sudden, everything was black. The next thing I know, I was being woken up by a tall blonde lady with piercing blue eyes and had a small crowd surrounding me. Jesus Christ, somebody get him some water. Water, has anybody got some water? You all right, mate? You okay? What's your name? It was all coming back to me. I suddenly burst into uncontrollable tears. Cancer? Did he say cancer? I've got to call him. Once I got my bearings and convinced the small crowd that I was fine, I sat on the bench and frantically tried to call him. He was busy in my calls. What the fuck? You can't just drop a bomb like that and just not tell me anything else. Please answer. Please. I got no answer for the next two days. Until, just before I was about to go to bed, I saw a phone call. It was from Stephen. I rushed to answer it. Hello? He sounded so frail, I almost burst into tears again. But I couldn't. I had to stay strong. What's going on, Stephen? I've been worried sick. Why haven't I heard from you for the last two days? You can't just tell me something like that and just, just ignore me. I'm sorry. I wasn't ignoring you. I've just been really ill. A lot of the times I can't get out of bed.
I've got Hopkins lymphoma, babe. The doctor said I only have two months to live. My eyebrows are falling off. I froze. My mind just went blank. I didn't have a family. So for the last two years, he was my family. And now you're telling me he's going to die? Why did I leave? I should be there with him. I've got to get back there to him. Oh my gosh, baby. I'm so sorry. I can't believe this is happening to you. I've got to come back. I want to help look after you. No, babe. Don't come back. Please, I don't want you to see me like this. I want you to remember me how I used to be. Please, I need you to go and live your life. Promise me. No, but please, just promise me. Okay, okay, I promise. I listened quietly while he told me everything about his treatment. I couldn't believe it. Two months. How can so much change in two months? I tried to cover my mouth so he couldn't hear me cry. He told me he was going to be admitted to a hospice. He told me he'd visited a few days before and met a young girl. She was about five. He told me if she was brave enough to go through it, then he had to be brave too. The next day he seemed to be in better spirits. He sent me some pictures of him. I was flabbergasted. His face was drawn in. His eyebrows were non-existent and his hair was patchy. This once glamorous flamboyant boy was a complete shadow of himself. We tried to speak on a daily basis. Of course, he was tired a lot of the times so I had to work around his sleeping schedule. I spent day and night praying to God. Please, God. Please, just... Spare Stephen. Give me the cancer. Please, just give me the cancer. I'll be able to be stronger. He can't handle this. Please. Please. Oh, take him from me. Please, Lord. Please. About a week after our initial conversation, Stephen informed me that that young girl, Rachel, had lost her battle to cancer. This brought things back home. At some point, we'd be dealing with this. After a while, our phone call conversations started to get fewer and fewer. I felt like this was because he was getting weaker. It had been eight weeks since he initially told me. Eight weeks? I mean, the doctor said that he'd be gone in two months. So maybe, I don't know, maybe we've got longer. I thought to give him a call for our usual afternoon chat. But there was no answer. I tried again 
and again. I tried every day for about three days and I couldn't get through to him. Finally, I tried to call his mum. Something about that conversation felt weird to me. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I mean, she didn't seem as upset as, as, I don't know, as you would think. But she was always a strong woman, the backbone of her family. So maybe she was just trying to keep it together. Maybe she wasn't aware whether I knew or not. Maybe she just didn't want to talk about it. Another week went by and I still hadn't heard anything. So I started doing a bit of research on Facebook. I looked at his cousins and his auntie's Facebook platforms and it seemed like they were all having a great time. Like they were living life to the max. I found it so weird because he was like the most popular one in the family. And they all seemed to be just living their life perfectly fine. Going to clubs and parties and putting up Facebook statuses. Something wasn't right. It had been at least another week and I still haven't heard from him. What was going on? And his mum, when I spoke to his mum, she said, I'll tell him when I see him. What did she mean by that? I hated myself for feeling like this. But I just couldn't shake the gut feeling that I wasn't being told the 100% truth. Two weeks and a half and I finally received a call from Stephen. Hiya babe. I'm so sorry I haven't been in touch. I've just been feeling really down lately. I know time is precious and we need to speak as much as possible but... I can't help but just think about the fact that I'm never going to see you again. You know when a situation just feels weird? You don't know why, you can't pinpoint exactly what it is, but it just feels weird. He was saying all this, but I hadn't spoke to him for over two weeks. I sound so freaking selfish right now, but I've got to do it. I've got to get to the bottom of this. I spoke to your mum. She told me everything. There was a long pause that seemed like an eternity. But then he said... What do you mean told you everything? Now this was going to go one of two ways. Either I uncovered the truth or I'm a selfish ass, and there was no truth to uncover. You know what I mean. Everything. I don't understand. 
there it was. The fear in his voice. I could hear it. I knew he was hiding something. I knew it. I just had to get it out of him. Look, I know everything. I'm not going to go back and forth with you. But I'm just telling you, if you don't want to lose me forever, you need to speak to me now. This is your one and only chance. I'm sorry! I'm sorry! Go on. Tell me what you're sorry about. I had to keep my composure. It was a lie. It was all a lie. I don't have cancer. I'm sorry. I just didn't want you to leave me. I'm so sorry. A lie? You're telling me this was a, a lie? I mean, I knew something was up. I knew he wasn't telling me everything he was supposed to. But a lie. This whole thing had been a lie. So, the eyebrows, the hair, that was all a lie as well, was it? <laughs> I knew you wouldn't believe me unless you saw proof. And the last two weeks, where have you been why I couldn't get hold of you? I was in Miami for my best friend's birthday. Miami? He'd been in Miami all this time while I've been going out of my mind. Stephen, you are a sick, sick person. No, Blaine. Please hear me out. I'm sorry. I love you. I just, I didn't mean to. I ended that call and ended any ties I had with Stephen in that moment. I was done. It took me years to get over Stephen. But eventually I realised it was just puppy love. And those are the crazy things some people do when they fall in love for the first time. I later realised that I was never really in love in the first place. I mean, I didn't actually know what love was. I thought I did. I think it was just a strong infatuation. What do you think? Was this puppy love? Or was I just in love with a dog? I'm Blaine Hoshing. I'm just trying to do my part to educate the masses. I hope you got something out of this. Until next time. You've been listening to Too Much Talk.